Good morning. Glory be to God. Happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, we're a couple days out. Give thanks to God. Eat some turkey, ham stuff, and you know all the good stuff. But I'm in here. I'm in my, my uh, studio, sitting in my chair, and I'm kind of relaxed today, just sitting back thinking about the goodness of God. And I want to encourage you this week just to reflect and think about the good things of God in your life. It's funny how uh, most of the time humanity uh, always focuses on what they don't have, what didn't happen. You're talking about Christians, you know, why God didn't do this. But sometimes you need, just need to reflect on all the good things God has done. Uh, when we, when we, Dylan, it's funny how when we're complaining and when we're critical, it almost blocks the good things that God has done. It's almost like gets it out of, out of sight, out of mind. But when you bring those things into focus, it kind of just swells and builds and it almost creates like an energy for the other things to follow. So I just say this week, if nothing else, for, you know, thank God for the turkey and all that stuff. But I'd say, man, put God first and just begin to be thankful this week, if nothing else. Uh, grateful for who he is, what he's done in your life, what he's already done. You know, we know he's to work, uh, you know, heaven's at work right now for our future. But at least give him thanks for what he's done already. Amen. Lord, help us this morning. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Uh, may we perceive, may we we have the ability uh, to attract and catch, uh, be imparted to by your word today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, if you got your Bibles, get them out with me quickly. Ecclesiastes 2, uh, 26. The scripture's been just in me, uh, stirring in me as we've been talking about uh, faith. God talks to us in images. Uh, God speaks to us and, and, and conveys information to us or, or deals and talks to us in pictures. Uh, the world is that we live in a picture world. That's how, that's how you uh, receive information. Uh, it comes by way of word, but that word is carrying a story. That word is carrying an, an image or a picture. So you're being, So when someone's talking to you or you're listening to someone or seeing something, information is being transferred to you uh, by way of a picture or uh, information being transferred to you by way of a word, but that word is pregnant or full of a picture. When you receive that picture, it gets into your imagination. Now, the word I've been talking about, uh, uh, animation, I think that's the wrong word. I think the right term would be uh, cinemagraph or and it, it, that word would uh, modern day for your generation. Dylan. That's where you get the word GIF. That's that's what is am I saying right? GIF or GIF? So a GIF is a picture, but then it, it it's put into a movie. It, you know, so that's kind of what when when you hear a word like if I were to say to Dylan, you know, let's go shooting. Uh, before he decides, he's going to play this this uh, this whole movie through his head. It's going to go from a picture to a movie. He's going to see himself. Do I want to get in the truck? Do I want to go to his house? Do I want to go to you know, take time to get ammunition? Do I want to shoot the gun? So this movie plays out before you decide. That's the way God created the human being, you know. So uh, let's look back at now the scripture I was telling you in Ecclesiastes. And let's, let's look into the second chapter, 26 verse, says, to the person who pleases God, God gives to him wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. 
This is too meaningless and chasing after the wind. So let's look at this for a second. We got to get this first before we go any further in faith. To the one that pleases God. Now, I know you're going to ask in a second, how do I please God? I'll tell you and just give you scripture. But to the one that pleases God, God gives him wisdom. Uh, wisdom uh, is, is uh, information, uh, knowledge, or, or knowledge is information. Wisdom is the ability to process that information and happiness. There's nothing like happiness. When you hear happiness, within happiness is peace and joy. Uh, so happiness, but to the sinner, he gives a test. Now, if you're not pleasing God, you've got a job given to you by God, and that job is to store up, to work, to store up wealth, and then hand it over to me, the one that has pleased God. Now, go into Hebrews 11, chapter 6. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So if I'm going to please God, i got to have faith. So the Bible, back to Ecclesiastes, to the one that pleases God, to the one that is operating, living in faith, uh, to, the, to the person in faith. Uh, now, I'll get to faith. I'm going to break faith down extremely, uh, you know, uh, simplify it today to where anybody can believe. Uh, but to, to the one that believes God, uh, to the one that operates in faith, he pleases God. Now, the one that's pleasing God, God's got people working for them to store up wealth and then transfer it to them. How do I please God? How do I believe? I know we've heard so many tales, so many wrong interpretations about faith, maybe even some good ones, but it's, it's, it's time that the body of Christ begins to learn how simple faith is. Faith is very simple. Faith is this. God is. God is who he says he is. And God can do what he says he can do. God is. God is who he says he is. And God can do. God will do what he said he will do. He can do what he said he will do. Period. Now, uh, you've got to settle that first. You'd say, well, how do I settle that? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an earthly person. No. According to Corinthians, Paul said that you have the same spirit of faith. Well, let's look at a few of these things and let's just build this this morning because I want to get to the place uh, to uh, where you this morning, after hearing this this morning, you can come and you can say, okay, I, I can understand now that believing to me is automatic, that I, I've had to be taught, Dylan, the world's had to be taught that believing or faith is hard because it's automatic. It, it, it's within you. If you remember this, that God created you, every human being, whether you say you're an atheist, whether you say you're a Muslim, whether you say... Every human being on the planet was created in the image of God and in his likeness. Everyone. I, I heard this. Uh, I'll put this right here. It'll fit. I, I heard this week that John Maxwell says he he leads more atheists to the Lord with this one phrase. It was on like a little short reel, Dylan. And, and he said, when they say I'm an atheist, he kind of, you know, he's a little older and, it, and a little more established. He kind of gives them a pat. And he looks at the person that says that, and he goes, but don't you miss him? Talking about God. You know, I'm an atheist. Well, but don't you miss him? And, and he said, he, the people look at him and say, and he says, well, you were created in his image. You know, on the inside of you is God. There's God all throughout you. If he took from himself and imparted to every human being a piece of who he is, we got God all in us. Don't you miss him? You know, how wonderful is that? Uh, so back to the scripture, uh, for us to believe is natural. According to the fourth chapter, 2 Corinthians 13th verse, we having the same spirit of faith. Now, 
I'll finish that in a second. But I, I, I think we can say it like this, and it fits a little better for your understanding. I, I'm automatically, you are automatically faith-spirited. Uh, so faith is natural to me. Do you know that you have to learn doubt? Like if faith is natural, and that should be natural, it should be the standard for every human being. Why? I'm faith-spirited. I was created in faith. I was created by God. God's a faith God. Into me, into my nostrils, Adam was breathed, was the breath of God, which empowered me and gave me life. And the Bible says after Jesus, that whole uh, transformation comes back into motion. Uh, I once again, through Jesus, uh, through the cross of Calvary, I once have had, I have access to God again. God, the breath of God's in me again. This recreative being now is on the scene again. I, I become an Adam-like person before sin once again. I have the ability to believe uh, once again, freely believe once again. Come on now, say amen or something. Uh, faith should be natural to the believer. Let's remove the, the word faith for a second because I, I know we've made that and we use that uh, so many ways it kind of thins it out. But it's a powerful word, and, and faith in, in this sense is simply believing God. That's all it means. Faith in this sense, when I'm talking about Bible faith, is simply, I'm going to say it again for you, faith, the word faith implies, the, the, the true Bible definition of faith implies or suggests or imparts to you that I simply believe God. I'm simply trusting in God's word. I put my trust in God's word, not in religion, not in church. Now, if you find a good God church, there's an element of faith, trust you put in in the God of that church, in, in that system, but your faith needs to rest in him and him alone. That's it. Not pastors. Now pastors are, are sent here as gifts to teach you, uh, to protect you, different things. But initially, everything that, that points to God is where you put your trust, put your faith. We can use those words synonymously. Uh, I know faith is just like such a fancy word. Uh, we, we've done such a play on faith. But once again, uh, when you strip it down uh, to it, its most simple meaning, it's uh, believing and trusting in God's word. Amen. So back to uh, 13th verse. We have the same spirit of faith according to as it is written, I believe. Once again, I have a spirit of faith, therefore I believe. Everybody say that out loud. I have a spirit of faith. Through Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, I now have a spirit of faith. Come on, say it. I now have a spirit of faith. Therefore, I believe what is written. Once again, now you're pleasing God. If you understand that it's automatic, it's natural to you. You say, well, how is it automatic? How's it natural to me? Uh, you, it's very simple that you operate all day. You do things op- you do things in a natural sense all day that take faith. But, but the, the things that you do are, 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 are so rehearsed that it just becomes habitual or automatic. Like, like once again, it takes faith to sit on a chair, but you don't think about that because it's because you, you've been trained, you believe, it's been rehearsed so much that you don't sit and think about, wow, can this thing hold me? Now, if, you, if, if we beamed you up from another planet 
and you never saw chairs, you never saw the things, cars, you never saw, uh, you would begin to question things because they wouldn't be automatic, they wouldn't be rehearsed. Uh, rehearsed, uh, when you rehearse faith, faith will become automatic. I talked about this Sunday. If you take a flashcard type uh, 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 mindset towards the things of faith, meaning a rehearsed faith, uh, that thing will become easy for you to believe. It'll become automatic. It'll become nature, natural uh, to you. That's just what you do. Like when I feel symptoms against my body, I don't have to say, oh my God, I got to go find 30 healing scriptures. I, I automatically, because it's rehearsed, I begin to speak faith. I automatically, be, now once again, when I say be, speak faith, what am I saying? I begin to quote what God's word. I begin to put my trust in what God said about health and sickness or health and disease. I choose God's word. Therefore, God's word begins to work in my body. Uh, I said this Sunday, God is a word faith specialist. There's no greater, uh, God has perfected, and this diminishes a little bit, Dylan, but, but I hope people get it. If Michael Jordan is the, the, the specialist of basketball, if Tiger Woods is the specialist of golf, and whoever your, your sports heroes are, the, the, you know, the, the elite, uh, Jesus would be the specialist of words. But th that brings him into a limited realm. So uh, in a sense, yes, but he's superior. What does that mean? When I release his word back to him, he confirms it uh, on the most supreme, highest level. Uh, Dylan, the other day, remember, I don't know if you remember the story where I went and bought, bought the engine, the whole thing I talked about Sunday. The guy gave me some some uh, um, feed for deer, but it wasn't feed to planets, winter grass, winter peas, winter rye, winter wheat. It's like uh, 10 different seeds that produce a grass and a harvest for deer to eat. So I, I, I plant for the deer. So I planted some next to my barn. I put hay over it. Now this is only, this would have been uh, Friday to today. I put some just through, I stepped on it. You're supposed to roll it or plant it, but I just stepped on it, get it in the dirt a little bit. And yesterday, I'm sitting there with uh, Billy from church, Billy here. And I said, Billy, come here and look at this. I squatted down in the seeds because remember, God says the uh, words to him are like a seed. <coughs> there's, there's not peas. Uh, when, I, when you hold that seed, it's not peas. When you hold that seed, there's not wheat. It's a seed. It's a hard shell. But those seeds that I laid on the ground have broke open. They're not even in the dirt. They're, not, they're, they're on top of the dirt. They've broken open. Out of them it ha has this U-shaped root that's trying to get into the dirt. It's not even in the dirt. It's on the dirt. It's not even planted correctly, and that seed automatically knows what to do. That seed is trying to produce what's in itself. I said, Billy, look at this. Look at these seeds. I picked the seed up. I said, it ain't even in the dirt, and there's a root coming out of it. What's that root doing? It's trying to do what it was created to do. And if Jesus said uh, words, he, he gave the, the, the image of agriculture, uh, uh, in the Old Testament, we know, we know God's people are very agricultural. 
uh, so it made sense to them. But he, in the New Testament, gives us the picture because everybody understands fruit, everybody understands vegetables, everybody understands where fruit and vegetables comes up from. But he likens the word of God to seeds. Seeds are not trying to withhold. Words are not trying to withhold. To the one that pleases God, God begins to give them. God begins to add to them. God begins to enrich you. God begins to bless you. God begins to increase you. Well, how does he do that? Within that seed, just come on, go with me just for a second. Within that seed is your future. Uh, the, the, The seed wants to uh, uh, come forth with it. The seed wants to give birth to it. That that seed in shell form is full. Uh, let's say it like this: it, it it's full, but it's limited, and and it needs someone to release it to take off the limits. When I release words, the 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 thing that that binds them, that constrains them. Uh, when I release it, it now gives it the permission to begin to produce. Let's just say that seed's full of pressure because within it has extreme growth, extreme ability to produce, but it can't do it, so it's pressurized. The, the Word of God, the words of God are pressurized in the inside of it. It's almost like a kernel of, of corn that, that wants to pop. It's sitting there and it's like, someone, come on, put the fire to me. Let me pop. It's hard holding all this back. I don't want to be rude, but sometimes like when you got a burp, it's like, come on, uh, watch out. I got a burp. Uh, Let's just for a second, let's say that's the same force that's in that seed. It wants to produce. And it's going to do everything inside itself to produce when you give it permission. So when I speak the word of God and I give that seed permission, it's like those seeds laying next to my barn on the dirt. They're they're coming out like a little leg, man. And, and they're just saying, I, I smell dirt. I, I've been released. I'm out of the container. I'm going to go find some dirt and I'm going to begin to produce because that's what I was created to produce or to do. A seed doesn't have a brain. It doesn't have an opinion. A seed doesn't have an attitude. Uh, uh, all it does is is has been given the ability to produce what's within it. It's all a seed is. So when I begin to operate in that kind of faith, and it's not even uh, so many times faith, people put so much pressure on themselves in faith. The only pressure you can put on yourself at all is to judge God faithful. That's all you do. When when you judge God uh, to be faithful and you judge his word to be faithful, so h- how would we do this, preacher? All right, uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think God is a liar? You have to answer that for yourself because if you think God's a liar, then you can't judge him faithful. Do you think God's word, any word that God has ever spoken, is an error uh, do you think God's never, uh, in any place, any time, has God uh, uh, ever not uh, completed his word? Meaning, like if God's, if I say to my kid, I'm going to take you to the store, there's times in, in my children's life where I, I have not done what I said I was going to do. Not on purpose, but it just happens. God's never done that. God's not a liar. Every time God says something, he's done it. you got 66 books of the faithfulness of God. Now, there's history in it. I know it counts. But within this book, you have 
uh, over and over again proof that God is true to his word, prophecy that God is true to his word. God himself says, I'm, I'm not a man that I should lie, or I'm not a man I cannot lie. So once you judge God to be faithful at his word and you begin to operate in the operation of faith, it becomes, faith becomes very simple. Once you begin to judge, uh, uh, this is the big thing for people, Dylan, because a lot of times people try to, to size themselves up in deserving. Like, like we, we try to think, you know, hey, the guy that has 10,000, you know, that preaches to 10,000, he deserves I don't. Well, what, are, what scripture you got for that? The guy that, you know, that does it, he deserves I don't. I, I deserve according to what I have, what I produce. So I deserve little, but everybody, that's not scripture. That's not Bible. The Bible says what you can believe God to do is what God will do. Uh, so you have to remove yourself and, and remove what you think you deserve and or not and understand that what makes you deserving is Jesus Christ. Now that's all that that's what makes any human being on the planet deserving is the operation of Jesus on the cross of Calvary his flesh his blood spilled his flesh mutilated uh, you receiving it him conquering death hell and the grave bringing you through that journey in a sense and then giving you the victory when he comes out of the grave that's the only thing that makes you deserving without Jesus you have no access to God but with Jesus, you have not only have access to God, but you have access to every God promise. So if you don't think you deserve a big house because you're just not at a, a place where you're deserving or you're not at a place where you've accomplished enough, once again, it's not upon your accomplishments. Dylan, it's not upon your accomplishments that God wants to, to, to bless you with a house and a ranch. It's upon the accomplishment of Jesus that we have been attached to, that we've become an heir of the things of God. We're an heir of Jesus through the work that Jesus, not that we did. The Bible says, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, not by works of righteousness, righteousness which we have done, but it's according to God, uh, Jesus, who died for us. So I, I can't look at what I deserve in faith and say, okay, I'll paint the picture here. God's wanting you to ask beyond. He says, I'll do Ephesians once again. I'll do exceedingly abundantly uh, above and beyond what you can ask or think of me. So uh, when you got a specialist in the area of faith, when you got a severe God, a big God, I'd begin to ask big. The problem is a lot of times uh, uh, people don't take time to create uh, the, the, the trust element before they release it. Uh, you, if you're going to ask for a big house, if you're going to ask for something out of your ability, out of your natural ability, you better take time, rehearse, uh, you better take time to build faith so that when you ask, you believe God's able to do it. Like if I'm going to ask for something, don't ask and be like, I'm asking, but I don't think it's going to happen. That's not true faith. You're not at you're not at a place yet. Abraham went to levels of faith. Uh, Abraham had to step out and trust God. Abraham had to go into a, a wilderness type setting uh, lifestyle. Abraham had to overcome that wilderness lifestyle. Abraham had to overcome enemies. Abraham had to overcome uh, the opposition. Uh, Abraham had to overcome lies uh, of, of Satan. You know, uh, overcome flesh ideas. 
But then he got to a place, the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 4, that he cast off uh, the ideas of the world. Uh, he, he, he went from weak faith to absolute faith. He got to a place in faith where he believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was able, not according to his ability, Abraham's ability, but he believed according to God's ability, God is able. That's when you're in true faith. The Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God. You got to be very careful. If you're going to, now I'm using a house. I know Dylan's believing for a house. I'm believing for a ranch and a house. But if we're going to believe for something out of our reach, we, we got to get beyond the staggering of it. He's, the Bible said Abraham staggered not. Well, how did he do that? He rehearsed the goodness of God. Uh, he, he revisited the goodness of God. Uh, I, I like this. When David killed Goliath, after David killed Goliath, it's like all hell broke loose in his life. You'd think that he'd be revered as the champion, but then the king Saul uh, was jealous and envious of him, and he had to go hide. He, had, he went on a journey where he was in hiding. He went into a cave. But then when he came out of the cave, he goes uh, to the church. He, he goes to the temple, and, and he's down and out in a sense. You know, he, he's kind of down on his luck, and he goes to the temple, and he says to the priest, is there, is there a weapon here? And the priest says, no, not a natural one. But, oh, but there is the one, David, Goliath's sword, the one that you cut his head off with. And David said, that'll do. When he grabbed that sword, I'm going to tell you what happened. When he grabbed that sword, uh, movies started playing in his head. He went all the way back to, uh, I killed the lion. I killed the bear. He went all the way back to when he was called out by the high priest, when his daddy sent for him in the farm, and he was called, and, and, and the prophet poured a, a cord of oil, a horn of oil over his head. He saw all that. He saw him talking to King Saul. What's going to happen to the one that kills this giant? Uh, he saw him casting off. He saw all the goodness of God when he grabbed that sword, and he got energy. Uh, it, it built uh, ability, energy within him. Oh, I did all this. What I face now is no big deal. But it took him going back to judging the faithfulness of God. You know, right now you got uh, how many cars? You got seven cars, five cars, six cars. Uh, you need to go back. Because when you started with one car, that wasn't possible. Two cars weren't possible. Three cars weren't surely possible. Six cars were out of the picture when you had one. That was but a dream. So when you get to the point of six cars now, uh, you got to go back and, and, and begin to revisit the, the sword of the first car, the sword of the second car. Because uh, you didn't naturally deserve, you didn't naturally have the ability to possess those two cars without faith. That's God's involvement in your life. So when you get to the six, what's the difference from the six to the 12 that took faith to get the first to the six? You've got to revisit or rehearse those actions of God to produce trust in God to get to the bigger things or the higher things. So for me, before I go to God, and I talk about it, you should talk about it. Uh, talking, once again, words create images, whether they come out of your mouth or they go, come into your ears. Words carry images, words carry imagination, words carry pictures, words convey information. So you should talk about it even before you're fully persuaded. But in talking about it, you'll get to the place where Abraham got in the 4th, 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th verses of Romans where he said, I, I am fully persuaded. 
the the book of Rome, the book of Hebrews, chapter eleven, that uh, talks about the, the the faith of these men and women of God, and they all had the same thing in common. When you get to the end of the eleventh chapter, fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Paul said, "I'm fully persuaded. Not death, not life, not sore. Nothing can take me. Nothing uh, can stop the blessing of God, the ability of God. Am I fully persuaded?" And you have to get to that place. Can I end with one scripture? I hope I help somebody. We're going higher uh, in 2023, and the Lord has spoken to me concerning 2024, and we're not leaving the going higher uh, prophetic utterance that God spoke to me. We're going to continue to go higher in 2024. However, God did add to it, and I'll be sharing that with you in the next few uh, weeks, in the next few uh, weeks. Yeah, I was going to say months, but we're almost at the end of the year. Turn to Hebrews uh, chapter 11. By faith, 11.8, I love this. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place, I, I just, when I said that, I just kind of caught this in my spirit. If Abraham, if God called Abraham out, when you believe something, is it God calling you first? And the answer is yes, because the words of God are God's ideas conveyed to you. According to John 1, 1 and John 1, 14, God sent his word in the flesh by way of Jesus. The word definition in the Greek is logos, an expression of an image picture you you move on ideas or expression of an idea which becomes a picture and image you move on ideas you operate on ideas you're led on ideas you're you're put back on your heels on ideas so if god conveyed an idea to abraham uh, when you believe or when you desire something rather dylan understand this is is not of your own desire this is god conveying something to you Abraham didn't get up and say, my God, I wish there was another land out there somewhere for me. Uh, my God, I'm sick of being around all these, uh, you know, atheists. I wish God would come and talk. He didn't know God existed. Then God showed up and said, I'm going to give you some land. All you got to do is follow me. Dylan, I'm going to give you some cars. You didn't have the ability. If, if you go look at this, I don't even think a Christian has the ability to dream without the help of God. But God comes and says, I'm going to give you some cars. All of a sudden, now you got a great idea. All of a sudden, we have an idea. Oh, I, I had, a, I have an idea. No, hold on now. Uh, I'm gonna go build a church in Palm Coast. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm the great prophet, the great apostle. I, I, you know, I got an idea within and of myself. No, I got an idea from God. Uh, God now performs because it was His idea. But He said, Abraham, I gotta finish. We're going long here. Uh, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out. Uh, by faith, when, Ab when Dylan was called to buy cars, by faith, when Pastor Rich was called to come to Palm Coast uh, uh, to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he went. That doesn't, he, he knew where he was going, but he didn't know the whole picture. He didn't know the, the fullness of it. He just was obeying God. By faith, he sojourned 
or went into the land of promise as in a, 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 a strange country dwelling in a tabernacle or tabernacles with Isaac, Jacob, and their heirs uh, with him to the same promise. Now, he never obtained, but he, he went every day of his life. But let's look. For he looked for a city which had a foundation whose builder and maker is God. Now, if you even go, you finish this whole book, it says they never obtained. They, they walked in faith. Here, I'll, I'll lend it for you. I, I w- yes, the, the Rothschild family. We talked about that yesterday. Some of them never saw it. They, they never saw it, but they believed in something greater than themselves. You know, a lot of people are asking me, Pastor, you're prophesying we're going to heaven soon. If we're going to heaven soon, why do we got to do all these things? And the answer is, is the Bible says that, that you have to continue and we're occupied till I come. That word occupy means you live like he's coming tomorrow, uh, but you plan like he's not coming for 100 years. That's what that term means. Uh, let, let's look at this. Uh, 38. 39, actually, and all these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. This is talking about all the the faith people recorded in Hebrews 11. They didn't receive the promise, but they didn't stop. They went now. Now, Abraham received the promise of Isaac. Isaac received the promise of Jacob. Jacob was renamed Israel. The promise was Israel. But Abraham walked towards it, but he never received the fullness of it. But that didn't stop him. Glory to God. Man, this ought to take you higher today. Amen. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you're setting your family up, your children up for something bigger than you. But don't stop. Continue in faith. Go the way of faith. Trust God. Believe God. Bring God on the scene by faith. Remember, (coughs) to those that please God, Ecclesiastes 2, to those that please God, he, God, will give them wisdom, knowledge, understanding, uh, blessing, and he'll make sinners go store up money and bring it to you. Uh, until next time, I love you. Happy Thanksgiving week. Enjoy your week off, Wednesday night off from New Way Church, and I'll see you the following Sunday. I love you. Thank God for you.